Welcome to Step Up to the Mark. It's a great day to be alive. Hopefully everyone's had a great day today. Nice relaxing weekend day. So it's our weekly Keep It Simple episode. We're going to be getting to Nehemiah 1 and 2. But first let's get into some Bizarro World headlines and just go over them a little bit. So like normal, I'm using the Western Journal to find these. You can probably find the same ones on some of these other news sites, but New York City finally catches murder suspect mistakenly released over a month ago. Wow, how do you release a murder suspect and not know where he is for over a month? That is seriously disturbing. That shows you right there the failed policies of these Democrat-led cities, these liberal cities. We have a communist mayor in New York whose police department loses a murder suspect. How do you lose a murder suspect? They should be on lockdown. They should have had to have an arraignment and an ankle monitor put on them. What is going on here? We'll get to the bottom of that story eventually, but wow, that's just amazing. How do you lose a murder? Maybe not enough Mountain Dew in that case. Now here's something truly disturbing. They have genetically modified mosquitoes to be released in Florida. Why are we messing with mosquitoes genetics? We shouldn't be messing with anyone's genetics, but that's exactly what they're doing. That's what these COVID shots are. That's what they're doing to animals across the board. I mean, we have monkeys that glow in the dark now. Do your research. They exist because we have done genetic modification. Why are we modifying mosquitoes of all things? We hate mosquitoes. We shouldn't even be touching them. We should be finding a way to get rid of them. Oh, well, looks like we're going to have killer mosquitoes in Florida now. Thank you, mad scientist who got bored and had nothing better to do than create killer, genetically modified mosquitoes. We appreciate your diligence and hard work. Not. According to the article, it's to help combat infectious diseases like the Zika virus and the dengue fever. But really, what are they doing with this? That's what we have to wonder. Why are we messing with the genetics of animals to begin with? We shouldn't even be touching it. Brett Favre has finally come out on politics and sports. I'll read some direct quotes from him. He says, I want to just watch the game, or I want to watch the game. I think both sides, for the most part, want to see it just remain about the sport, not about politics, Favre said. At least that's my interpretation. I know when I turn on a game, I want to watch the game. I want to watch the players play and teams win and lose. Come from behind. I want to watch all the, you know, the important parts of the game. Not what's going on outside the game, and I think that's the general fan feels the same. He's dead on the money. That's why I quit watching sports. I got tired of all the political junk going on. We shouldn't be having to have politics thrown into our sports. That's our entertainment. We're not paying for these high-end cable sports packages, seats at games, all the expensive food and accessories and apparel and all that. Just to have them throw their politics in our face. No, we don't want that. So just shut up and play the game. You're not going to hear me talking about politics at my work unless someone asks me. And it's not going to go public. So please, just hush and play the game. That was what was uniting America. That's why we're so divided now. Thanks, Colin Kaepernick. You started this whole dogma, stupidity of being a political race baiter and hater. So... Just get back to playing the game. Get back to the love of the game. Forget the racial part of it. Forget the politics part of it. We're all human beings. Race and politics has no place in sports. No, it does not. 
It goes to whoever's the best player and deal with it. If you have to bring race and politics into it, then you have a major moral dilemma that you need to figure out how to get rid of. So quit spreading the propaganda and the politics and everything else and just play the game for us. That's all we want to see. That's what we're paying for. We're not paying to see you put a murderer's name on the back of your jersey and then kneel during the national anthem because you feel it's racist. Sorry, we don't care about your feelings. We don't pay for that. Just like you don't pay for my feelings. You pay for me to do a job and I do it. Now do your job as we ask you to. The country would be a lot less divided if we could watch sports without politics being thrown into it and being programmed to think what you want us to think. Sorry if I'm coming off a little harsh there. I just think politics and sports don't mix. Politics and entertainment don't mix. So just don't do it. We don't need to have your political gesturing thrown at us all day long. Now for the last story of the day before we get into reading Nehemiah. And this story ties in with the book of Nehemiah perfectly because Nehemiah helped to build the walls back in Jerusalem. This story is Texas border cameras confirm a 156% increase in gotaways as illegals elude capture. We've got a major problem along the southern border. We need to get it resolved. Border Patrol is busy changing diapers and taking care of small children because of this illegitimate regime in charge right now, not wanting to do what's right and finish the border wall. Let's get it done. Let's get this resolved. Let's go back to the Trump policies. They were working great. Let's get the border secured and force people to come in legally. That way they have respect for our traditions and they can learn them and learn English. Learn our ways. Here's a little excerpt from this article from the Western Journal. The term shouldn't need much explaining. If an illegal immigrant crosses the border and doesn't give himself up, isn't detected in time, and or manages to elude authorities, he's considered a gotaway. It continues with this. Their numbers are difficult to track, but Texas has a better idea than most states. That's because, according to the Washington Times, it has its own system of sensors and cameras at the border called Operation Drawbridge. So yes, we have our own sensors and stuff at the border to tell who's getting away. Now, before we start getting into our topic for the night, or our reading for the night, I'm going to get into this. We are being programmed from television to buy into what they want us to believe. It's time that we quit watching these shows or these visions that they're telling us and get back to reading our Bibles and talking to our friends. We are in a vegetative state here in the United States because we are watching television and being sucked into what they want us to believe. If you were to sit there and pull these words apart and dissect them to their original intent, to the, like pro, the word pro and program is a word element forming or meaning forward, forth, towards the front. So they're trying to put these images towards the front of our mind. <clears throat> then Graham, that is with, which is written or marked. So they have these plans that they're trying to imprint on our mind by telling us a vision. Think about it. It's kind of sick. It's kind of demented. It's kind of evil. That's why I say do your research. Understand what they're trying to tell you and make sure they're telling the truth. They aren't. Tell them to shove it. Then we have the word television. Tele is part of its root. It's from the Greek telos or teleos, which is end, goal, completion, result. It means far off, operating over distance. Think about that. Just think about it. Then we have something, the word vision. It comes from the Anglo-French word vision. 
something seen in the imagination or supernatural. So they're showing you their end game of their imagination or what they're seeing in the supernatural from the devil. What they're wanting you to do just to be part of their little society. What they're showing us is evil. It's wrong. They shouldn't be forcing anything upon you. No government should force anything upon its citizens. That's tyrannical. That's wrong. But that is exactly what they're doing and we need to put a stop to it immediately. Quit telling them to put their little thoughts into our heads and brainwashing us. Now let's get into keeping it simple with the book of Nehemiah. For those of you that haven't read the book of Nehemiah, I'll give you a little history, a little background before we get into it. Nehemiah was from the time of King Darius in the Babylonian Empire, or the Persian Empire, I don't remember which one. But, at that time, Jerusalem had been sacked by Nebuchadnezzar multiple years early, so, so it was the Persian Empire, now that I remember it. Back in 586 AD, uh, BC, Nebuchadnezzar destroyed Jerusalem. So the walls were busted, the temple was destroyed. They had started rebuilding the temple about, I want to say, 13 years earlier. So, now Nehemiah is going there to build the walls. And now we'll get into reading Nehemiah chapters 1 and 2. Here we go, I'm reading this off of the Blue Letter Bible app, or website, actually. And it starts, The words of Nehemiah, the son of Hachaliah, and it came to pass in the month of Chislu, in the twentieth year, as I was in Shushan the, pa the palace. Chislu, that month, is actually around November, December. And it would have been their ninth month, because their first month starts around March or April. So, there we go, there's a little information for you right there. That Hanani, one of my brethren, came, and he and a certain men of Judah... And I asked them concerning the Jews that escaped, who were left of the captivity, and concerning Jerusalem. And they said to me, The remnant the remnant that are left of the captivity there in the province are in great affliction and reproach. The wall of Jerusalem also is broken down, and its gates are burned with fire. So the walls were gone, the gates were destroyed, everything was destroyed in Jerusalem at that time. And it came to pass when I heard these words, I sat down and wept and mourned certain days, and fasted, and prayed before the God of heaven. So he sat there, and he literally fasted. I mean, whenever you fast, you get into a certain place of spirituality with God, and I need to practice it. But yeah, you you get there with God, and it it's amazing. And I said, I beseech thee, O Lord God of heaven, the great and terrible God, that keepeth covenant and mercy for them that love him and observe his commandments. So he sat there and prayed. He said, God, I know. I know that you have a covenant and commandments. And yeah, we haven't met them. So you're great and terrible because we haven't done what you have asked. Let thy ear be attentive and thy eyes open that thou mayest hear the prayer of thy servant, which I pray before thee now, day and night, for the children of Israel, thy servants, and confess the sins of the children of Israel which we have sinned against thee, both I and my father's house have sinned. So he said, yeah, we've sinned. We broke your covenant. We have dealt very corruptly against thee, and have not kept the commandments, nor the statutes, nor the judgments, but thou commandest thy servant Moses. So they did not keep Moses' law, what Moses had told them to do, which came straight from God. Remember, I beseech thee, the word that thou commandest, 
thy servant Moses, saying, If ye transgress, I will scatter you abroad among the nations. Which God did that. In fact, most of the Israelites that are, have descended from the twelve tribes don't know that they're from the twelve tribes of Israel. Um, they're starting to find out now through just going through history. And I actually went over that on a previous podcast called Learning Your History over it a little bit. But if ye turn to me and keep my commandments and do them, though there were of you driven to the uttermost part of heaven, yet will I gather them from hence and will bring them to the place that I have chosen to set my name there. He did that in 1948 with a small remnant of the Jews in Europe. Now these are thy servants and thy people whom thou hast redeemed by thy great power and by thy song, strong hand. O Lord, I beseech thee, let now thy ear be attentive to the prayer of thy servant and to the prayer of thy servants, who desire to fear thy name and prosper, I pray thee, thy servant this day, and grant him mercy in the sight of this man, for I was the king's cupbearer. So Nehemiah was the dude getting the king drunk. He was hooking him up with the wine. That's what Nehemiah was doing. He was making the king marry. So he had a way to talk to the king. It's amazing how God works. I mean, he uses, puts people in places and uses them. Uses them to his advantage. And it's amazing. I mean, what I think of here recently in the past 20 years was Tim Tebow in the national championship game having John 3.16 under his eyes. 94 million people looked that up on Google that night. 94 million. You know, God puts people in places on purpose. He does it. But that's the end of chapter 1. Now let's get into chapter 2. I changed the version up here to Christian Standard Bible for chapter 2. Because chapter 1 had the old thou's and thighs in it. And some of y'all might not be able to follow with that. So I'm changing it up to the Christian Standard Bible. And here we go on chapter 2. And during the month of Nisan, in the twelfth year of the king, our Artaxerxes, when wine was set before him, I took the wine and gave it to the king. I had never been sad in his presence. So, that month, right there, Nisan, which would be around March or April of our time. It would be the beginning of their year, the spring. So that would be the time of ne the month of Nisan for them. So the king said to me, Why are you sad when you aren't sick? This is nothing but sadness of heart. I was overwhelmed with fear. So he was scared. So Nehemiah was scared to tell him what was going on. But he replied to the king, and replied to the king, May the king live forever. Why should I not be sad when the city where my ancestors are buried lies in ruins, and its gates have been destroyed by fire? The king asked me, What is your request? So I prayed to the God of the heavens and answered the king, if it pleases the king, and if your servant has found favor with you, send me to Judah and to the city where my ancestors are buried, so that I may rebuild it. So he asked, Can I rebuild Jerusalem? The king, with the queen seated beside him, asked me, How long will your journey take, and when will you return? So I gave him a definite time, and it pleased the king to send me. So he gave him a timetable, and the king said, Okay, do it. Do whatever. I don't care. Just go, go do what you need to do. I also said to the king, if it pleases the king, let me have letters written to the governors of the region west of the Euphrates River, so that they will grant me safe passage until I reach Judah. So he needed letters to make sure that he could get there. And let me have a letter written to Asaph, keeper of the king's force, so that he will give me timber to rebuild the gates of the temple's fortress. 
the city wall in the home where I will live. The king granted my request for the gracious hand of my God was on me. I went to the governors of the region west of the Euphrates River and gave them the king's letters. The king had also sent officers of the infantry and cavalry with me. So this was a pretty big deal. He sent military with this, with Nehemiah. When Sanballat, the Horonite, and Tobiah, the Ammonite official, heard that someone had come to pursue the prosperity of the Israelites, they were greatly displeased. They didn't want the Israelites coming back in. They'd probably pillaged that city to the, to the bare bones. They didn't want them coming back. They, they were trying to do everything they could to the Jewish people. They were probably giving out loans and everything else to put the Israelites underneath them. That's just what they were probably most likely doing. In fact, many of the Jews in that time and that area had been sold into slavery. So it was an uphill battle for Nehemiah. Truly it was. But he had the help of the king, so that helped a little. Plus he had God on his side. If you have God on your side, who can be against you? So let's continue here. The passage is going to be about Nehemiah going to look at the walls to prepare to rebuild them. After I arrived in Jerusalem and had been there three days, I got up at night and took a few men with me. I didn't tell anyone that my God had laid on my heart to do for Jerusalem. The only animal I took was the one I was riding. I went out at night through the valley gate toward the serpent's well and the dung gate. I inspected the walls of Jerusalem that had been broken down and its gates that had been destroyed by fire. I went onto the fountain gate and the king's pool, but farther down it became too narrow for my animal to go through. So I went up at night by the way of the valley and inspected the wall. Then heading back, I entered through the valley gate and returned. So he went out and did an assessment. Hey, this is what I'm going to need and let's get all this information and make it happen. Did what any good foreman did would do and got an assessment of what he needed. The officials did not know where I had gone or what, what I was doing, for I had not yet told the Jews, priests, nobles, officials, or the rest of those who would be doing the work. So I said to them, You see the trouble we are in? Jerusalem lies in ruins, and its gates have been burned. Come, let's rebuild Jerusalem's walls so that we will no longer be a disgrace. It was very disgraceful for a city not to have walls in those times. It was basically like a free range on that city. Attacks would be easy. I told them how the gracious hand of my God had been on me, and what the king had said to me. They said, let's start rebuilding, and their hands were strengthened to do his good work. So they were excited about it. So when Sambala the Horonite, Tobiah the Ammonite official, and Geshem the Arab heard about this, they mocked and despised us and said, what is this you're doing? Are you rebelling against the king? They didn't know that he had a letter from the king to make this happen. I gave them this reply. The God of the heavens is the one who will grant us success. We his servants will start building, but you have no share, right, or historic claim in Jerusalem. He let them know, this isn't your city. This is the land that God gave us, and we're going to rebuild it. We don't care what you think. We're going to do it. We're going to get it rebuilt. We really don't care. This is what we have to do, and this is what God told us to do. We're going to do it, and you're just going to sit there and watch us do it. Now, do you see why it's important for the walls? God was telling him to build the walls. Now, do you see the importance of the, the border wall at the south? Look at the last story I read, and then look at the, the book of Nehemiah that we're reading. God told them to build those walls of protection. They needed them, just like we do. We need those walls of protection on this country. We need the wall finished and closed up 
to keep the illegals out. I hate saying illegals, but the people that are not citizens of this country. They're trying to come here and get a free ride and rake in more tax dollars onto our national debt that is out of control. We need to put a stop to it. We need to tell them, no, this isn't happening. We're not going to allow it. We need to get control of our government and get control of the spending again. Let's stop this craziness. We need to put that hedge of protection on us at the southern wall to help a little bit. It will actually help a lot. And that wall is built with 900 pound copper, I believe, plus steel, iron, and cement. So it's pretty solid. And it looks like it has some good conductors in it too. So maybe it can be used to help power some cities or something. I don't know. But look, we need the wall finished. I mean, we can read more Nehemiah. We'll do it next week on Keep It Simple. We'll continue in Nehemiah. We'll go in 3, 4, and 5, or 3 and 4, I don't know. I'll continue reading, make notes. It depends on the notes I make. But, yes, it's time that we get that wall finished for our country, for our freedom, to secure our land. It's not something hateful. It's just to secure our land. Even the Koran talks about secure walls around the cities. And that's the book of, that's what the people of Islam read, which is very close to the Bible, not exactly. But yes, even the Koran talks about having strong walls for the city. So, yes, let's make strong walls for the city. Let's make strong walls for this country. Let's bring a hedge of protection here. Let's make it a good place for the future of our children. It's very important that we do that. It's very important that we make sure we have a free country that we don't have to worry about terrorists, cartels, drug smugglers, and whatever else coming across the border to attack us. Other governments, other countries coming across the border to attack us. We need to become secure again. We need that hedge of protection around us. We can't rely on the Border Patrol to do it for us, and we really can't afford to have the National Guard sit there all night keeping people out. It just isn't feasible. It's not monetarily feasible. So yes, let's get that wall built, and let's get this country protected. And let's tell them that socialism and communism will not work here. We will not pay for it. We will not agree to it. Sorry, it's not going to happen. It's time to take the government of the United States back, and there is a clause in the Constitution that gives us the ability to do that if the government has become tyrannical, and they have. So let's stand up and let's do it. Now let's get into some good news, because it's always good to end on some good news and thank the Lord for it. So let's do this thing. So, let's start with this one. This is a great one. This is off the Western Journal. Eloise, the rescue seal pup, gets to return to the ocean after 42-day recovery. Man, that's awesome. The seal seal pup gets to go home to the ocean. Gets to swim and find her friends again. It's always nice to see stuff like that. I wish the world wasn't so just messed up. We're throwing stuff in the oceans that we shouldn't be throwing in the oceans. Hurting these animals, and we shouldn't be doing that. Here's one that I like. Marine gives son his first salute as a commissioned officer. I love our military. And for a father to be able to salute his son, wow. 
that's awesome all by itself. We should support our military. Hopefully they've got our back in this fight. And they wake up and do the right thing. Now here's a good one right here. I love Guy Fieri. I'd love to go eat at one of his restaurants one day. But his employee fund has almost raised $25 million for struggling workers. It's tough times out there. He's helping people out. I like it. I like it a lot. Makes me want to buy some of his food a little bit more and try it out. I mean, <coughs> it wouldn't hurt to help the dude out. So he can give more money to these people who are struggling because of this virus and that has shut down our country and shut down the world over a 99% survival rate. I mean, let's, let's just get the truth out there. It's nowhere near as bad as they thought it'd be. In fact, it's a lot better than they thought it'd be. But yes, he's doing his part to help out. I love it. And our last good news story of the night. Coming off the Good News Network. First human trial of HIV vaccine produced immune response in 97% of volunteers. That's awesome. 97% success rate it looks like. So we could have a cure for HIV. Yes, that's great that they have created that vaccine. I'm not against all vaccines. I'm against the vaccines that don't help people. The vaccines that cause more issues. We should not be having all these multiple vaccines that have so many issues. If you got one that doesn't cause many side effects, it can actually do some good instead of some harm, then let's, I'm all for that. Let's roll them out. Let's get people healthy again to where they can enjoy life and not be scared. So they can quit living in fear. It's always good news to not be living in fear. So we need to stop it. We just need to go ahead and quit living in fear. But it's so hard to do for so many people when they think they have to have a vaccine or a mask or something else. Live your life. Enjoy it. Pray to God that we get over this stuff. And that the world gets better. And that he does what he promised he would do. It's coming. It's going to come in a great way. I mean, science is proving the Bible every day a little more. So, yeah. It's great news right there. HIV people are going to have a solution finally, it looks like, if this thing works out and pans out. Now, I don't know how many were in the sample group. Not that many, so the numbers could go down after that. That's a fact. That's not a truth yet. So we'll see. We'll see how it works out. But that that's great news. Awesome news. Sometimes our medical field does a great job. Sometimes they do a bad job. That's a great job they did there. Great job on finding that cure. Well, that's all we've got for today. You all have a great day. And God bless. And remember, if you liked it, smash that like button and subscribe.